Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Butchery, written by Le Fent Noir. We were second contact. By the time we learned of the humans, the enlightened cosmos had already started a holy war with the humans over some difference of opinions. It had been going for 15 human years. I was embedded into the cultural acclimation program, cycling through human military postings. My hosts told me the war was extreme, the best and the worst of humanity. I didn't expect to meet both within a few minutes of what I would be the most horrifying moments of my experience, if not my life. The humans have an interesting war with the enlightened cosmos. It is about economics and biology. There are only certain planetary bodies that life as we know it can survive on. As such, rendering them uninhabitable is a fairly stupid act. The enlightened cosmos had nano-deconstructors, the humans had NBC weaponry. Neither used them. Both sides had powerful spacecraft, able to deliver heavy ordnance to the enemy-controlled lands. But they were expensive, and the risk was too great. Neither used them... Heavier than air weapons, platforms were used, but in small tactical roles, as they were difficult to produce and easily destroyed. The war was fought with modern soldiers, modern weapons, modern tactics, and ancient strategies. Seizure, control, and conquest of strategic ground locations was the method of the day. This was apparently something that required a large number of human soldiers. And uh, I had been exposed to many of their technologies as operational methods. I was currently embedded in what was termed the field hospital, something my translator had given up trying to explain to me. Apparently, as best as I could tell, humans attempted to prolong and degrade an individual. I had heard tell of enlightened cosmos weapon specifications, and between combat opticals and destructive robots, I did not think humans had much of a chance of that. On the night I learned of the practices in question, I was relaxing in my tent, with my assigned translator, Mia Loy, reading some human serial on the bunk above me. It had only been in the camp for two rotations, and from what I could see, this camp did nothing. While there were armed troops here, they seemed more defensive, and there was a large number of people who didn't seem to be combatants. Mia had attempted to tell me that they were on stand-down, but would come onto rotation on the next day or two. Cultural acclimation was hard, but that was the point. Some irrelevant point to those notes that I'd been reading stuck in my mind, and I swung my lower tentacles off the bunk and into eyesight with Mia. As I formed the question, a hollering, hooting sound echoed at a painful intensity. Whatever the frick it is, Kajella, it can wait. We've got case packs inbound, and I need to go to the theater. Mia was putting on her uniform that ran out of the tent towards the central structure of the camp, which, contrary to my expectations, was an entertainment hall, not a command tent. I was intensely confused and followed her, 
Humans have amazing mobility when they want to, and I was slow in reaching the theater. I pushed open the tent and found a number of other humans wearing white clothes, not at all camouflaged. I was dumbstruck for a moment and then pushed inwards, ignoring the comments behind me. Hey, you gonk, go in there. Ignore it. As long as he doesn't touch anything, it'll be fine. But we're under scrub and casualties are incoming. That thing has ammonia skin layer. It's earth sterile. Now scrub, damn you. We've got some coming in. Inside the tent, the most mortifying entertainment I had ever seen. There were eight tables with screaming, moaning, and silent humans lying on them. Internal fluids and internal organs everywhere. There must have been fifty humans rushing around the tables. Blades, threads, needles, cloth, sprays. I couldn't tell what was happening, but the humans were slicing each other open with knives. And this must have been some kind of ritualistic butchery. My using increased as my temperature rose as it evaporated off. One of the nearby humans stood tall, hands, head, face and body covered in a white clothing and red internal fluids. Smell that? Ah, frick, what's the alien doing in here? Leave it, get back inside here and grab the hammer. When I get the digger bot out of his liver, smash it. The second human pulled out a small black object, maybe 20 millimeters long, whirring, cutting motivators and destructive cutters freely, feebly in the air. The first human had a heavy hammer to hand and violently smashed it against the nearby table. The second human was already spraying some liquid into the body of the screaming human on the table, and a third human pulled out a thread and was sewing up the mutilated soldier. It was over so fast, and more humans appeared from the mass and lifted up the soldier and carried the screaming outside. The table was sprayed, wiped, and immediately a human with three limbs was placed on it. The human put down the hammer and picked up a blade as the second picked up a saw. I fled outside. I expelled my biology in the designated place. Humans were horrific, repulsive. What sentient race would inflict such pain and butchery on their own kind? I watched the exterior of the entertainment tent from my position. There were lines, rows of humans lying on the ground, screaming or disturbingly quiet. Each and every one was visibly and violently maimed. Every few minutes, ground transport would arrive and discharge more soldiers. Humans would walk up and down the rows, selecting which ones to butcher for entertainment. It was repulsive, but my mind was experiencing its own trauma, and I could not look away. By the fifth set of maimed warriors, I learnt the system. Most degraded first, unless they were too degraded, scraps of conversation arose from the humans sorting the soldiers. This one has a crush, girl. We can't fix it. It'll be fatal. Chopper is out. Morphine and make her comfortable. You've got a robot in the chest cavity here. Inside immediately. Lost limb, painkillers, burn the artery, handle later. The language was hard to translate, but the run number of words I hadn't learned. Humans were also coming out of the theater and being loaded onto the ground or air transport and being taken backwards, away from the front lines. Most of them alive even. It wasn't that the degradation was something I was unaccustomed to. It was the prolonging of the damaged humans, clearly in pain. I picked myself up and squirmed back to my tent. Biochemicals refused to remain balanced and I had to rest, eat and purge. The planet had rotated to darkness by the time Mia arrived back at our tent. White clothing marked with red and brown in the front and of her sleeves. 
She looked at me. She was silent, stripping back to a normal green-brown uniform. So, uh, first time seeing the inside of an operating room. It wasn't a question, a simple statement of fact. My response was weary. I thought it was a theater, a sign posted in, a building for housing of dramatic performances. Mia's eyes went wide, and then she responded with a different tone of voice. Ah, oh, um, that shorthand for operating theater, a different building entirely. It's a place where we do surgery. It might upset you, but what happened in there was good for the soldiers. They're very much all going to live. Live, remain alive, after the violence inflicted on them. My obvious confusion was clear to Mia. Kajilia, you're here to learn about our current human military. Well, we have a long and violent history. We fought each other lots. We were good at it, but we also learned it was hard to kill a human outright. You've seen our weapons, but they rarely kill. Mostly they maim, injure, and cause a long death. We learned how to stop death because of that, mostly. In cases of trauma like this... The human pulled something out of a database. It was another three-limbed human. He was smiling and waving with his remaining arm. I stared at the images. The image showed, close up, where the arm had attached. There was no internal fluids, just flesh was puckered and wrinkled, but otherwise eventually colored dark brown and smoothly covered the degradation point. Mia, why are you and the others in white butchering the soldiers? Mia's hand went to her face as she replied, I see now. Humans can repair musculature injuries easily. Surgery is entering the body, finding something it can't repair and fixing it. We're just a trauma unit. That's why the soldiers were still in pain and unable to fight. They're not recovered. We just made it so that they could get to a real hospital before dying. It'll take time for them to recover, but they will. Even the cosmos cutter robot can't inflict enough damage to kill if we get to them fast enough. The lasers, they heat the flesh, but it's not likely to kill outright. If we can keep the soldiers from bleeding out, they tend to live. I started to see. Humans could keep themselves alive in ways my species biology would not. But they couldn't do it alone. They needed other humans to help them not die. Mia explained more, how she was a military nurse. The training it had taken, the kinds of wounds that arose, the ways to treat them, and more. By the time the planet rotated into starlight again, I was mortified that humanity had learned these skills through the violent action against itself. Yet, amazingly, awed by a species that would go to such costs and lengths to keep an individual alive. I didn't expect to meet both within a few minutes in what might be the most horrifying moments of my experience, if not life. But, for the sake of our allies in this war, they needed the worst of their history and the best of their present to secure their future. End of story. Story number two. Two words written by Chucky Snow. Drago, the Grand High General of the Imperial Invasion Fleet, sat slumped in his platinum throne. A small slip of paper dangled between the two fingers, his bejeweled crown sat askew above his furrowed brow. His eyes were full of defeat. It was the first time in his 219 years of life that he'd even harbored such a thought. His staff could read his mood, and outside of the room, an entire complex was near panic over it. 
His exalted main battle fleet, the terror of a thousand systems, the hand of death to half the galaxy, had not been in communication in several days. The second fleet, in many ways larger than the first, had warped in the day before and immediately went silent. The two fleets had combined 9,000 ships, and every single one, even the hospital ships, were able to obliterate anything that stood in their way. In countless campaigns, his mighty fleets had tamed and secured every known civilization they found. Casualties were slim, losses were utterly unheard of. Upon learning of the existence of a new race, his fleet had raced to subdue them, to bring them under the protection, the taxation of the Drago Emperor. Such should be a simple exercise. Arrive, give a simple show of force that would kill no more than half the native population, then figure a payment plan out and privilege of being protected by Drago and his fleet. He and his generals had done this hundreds of times before. Their grip and control was total. The paper at his hands begged to differ. Drago was not accustomed to being summoned, even if the person summoning him was actually willing to come to him. The emperor himself was coming. Perhaps the emperor wanted to have more proof that he could have brought with the imperial palace. The very thought that someone, anyone, would even question him flashed into his head. It was an extinguished by a slip of paper in his hand. After all, things had changed. Silent minutes went by where Drago could be alone with his thoughts. Distant noises let him know that the chaos existed just outside the massive doors that led to his war chamber. Finally, the doors were opened. A retinue of underlings flanked both sides of the walkway leading to his throne. In walked the emperor, an imposing figure in his own right. He was still visibly enraged, a feeling Drago abandoned a long time ago. Drago! I am hearing reports I refuse to believe. What is going on? Why haven't I heard from the fleet? Fleets, we sent two, the vast bulk of our forces. Drago gloomily responded. The emperor turned to even deeper shade of green. Then what is the issue? Why are people telling me that our ships are no longer in communication? He spat at the throne. I can only presume that our ships are no longer in communication because they are no longer in existence. The thought had never once occurred to the Emperor's mind. In his mind, the fleet's power was total, and the only reason that they would not be heard of from was if they were forming a rebellion. What are you talking about? Are you saying the fleets aren't capable of communicating? Yes, I believe that the fleets no longer exist. We attempted to send some reconnaissance craft, but they too were silenced almost immediately. We did get reports of debris fields, but within minutes no messages have made it back to us. Our ships arrive, our ships die. The first battle group was in contact up until the moment that they had target world in range. Then, within a minute, every ship went dark. We didn't even get a single distress call. Whatever ended them was completely overpowering. We sent the second fleet, and our contact with them lasted barely two minutes. Drago looked directly at the Emperor. But that's not the most interesting part. The Terran system is roughly 4,000 light years away. This message came in on our frequencies in our language from 2,000 light years away. Whatever sent the message is coming straight towards us. He handed the paper over to the Emperor. The Emperor read the message, two words long. The message was simple. 
and left no mistake as to its meaning. Our turn. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.